welcome to the Women With Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. We are excited for you to be here today. I have Katie from the Listening Ear Project. Welcome, Katie. How are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm happy to be here. I'm so stoked for this. Yeah, this is good. So Katie, introduce yourself. Tell us about what you're doing because it is one of my favorite things on the Instagram right now. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> flattered. Um, so my name is Katie Chessman. I'm a mom of two and a wife. I shouldn't mention that. And I have a project called The Listening Ear Project where I film and interview senior citizens to document their life stories and their wisdom and yeah, I used to, I mean, I'm still a nurse, not currently working as a nurse, but that's kind of how it all started. And it's my passion and I love it. And I'm just kind of trying to be an advocate for the older generations. I love it. So what you do is you, you go and you are a photographer, a videographer, right? And you go and you tell their story. You ask them questions, you interview them, and then you make it into like this keepsake video, right? That this kind of tells the story of their life. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I do. Uh, where were you years ago? Like I, um, I lived next door to my grandparents growing up and then I lived three miles from my other grandparents. And so every night I would go over to really like every night <laughs> in junior high and high school, I would go next door and sit with my grandparents for like, you know, half hour or something. And they would tell me stories and it was like the, the best, the very best part of my growing up. And I just wish, where were you? I mean, oh you were just, gosh. you were just little. <laughs> I love that. I love that you had a relationship with them. And I, I'm honestly asking myself the same thing. Like, where was I when my grandpa was here? Cause he, you know, he, I took care of him and he had dementia and it was just too late. I wish I would have thought of this idea earlier, but I think that's why I'm like, so I'm pushing it so much. Cause I'm like, guys document while you can, you know, like document your loved ones while their, their mind is clear and their, the memories are there and you have them with you. So that's one of my big three reasons actually why I do what I do. So tell me how this actually came about because this is not normal <laughs> in a good way, <laughs> but you know, this isn't something that everyone's doing, especially like, you know, I'm a photographer, Sarah's a photographer. And, you know, a lot of people focus on families and, you know, little babies and, and you're not, you're focusing on, um, the elderly and, and the stories that they're telling. And so how did this come about? Yeah. So, um, I've actually always felt a connection to the older generations. I don't know where that, that came from or stemmed from, but I just have always felt really comfortable with seniors. And my first job was in an assisted living center. I served food there and, I moved in with my grandpa, my husband and I moved in with him before we had kids and I took care of him. He had dementia um, for about a year and then I decided to go to nursing school and I knew I wanted to, you know, focus on the geriatric field. So I, um, I worked at Stonehenge for a time, which is like a rehabilitation center 
And I noticed when I was there, I mean, it was an insane job. I feel like it was just so busy and chaotic and I was constantly like trying to work with family and pass meds and do wound changes and all these things on the checklist. But I, I noticed that when I would like take the time to just listen to my patient, whether they were telling me a story about their grandkids or you know, complaining about something or just, you, they were just craving someone to listen to them, to hear them. And I noticed that when I did, I could almost see like a physical change. I could see them healing and they would brighten up and their eyes would light up. And it was like, oh, someone, someone hears me. Someone's listening to me. Someone values what I am. Because I think in our society, sometimes we think with age that the value diminishes, right? Like they don't have as much to offer. They're a little more irrelevant. And so I just wanted to, to be that listening ear for them. And I moved to home health after that, which I loved because I was able to sit down and talk with them and listen, and it wasn't as rushed. And this is when I was like hearing all of these incredible stories and all of these things that my patients had experienced and gone through. And I was like, someone needs to share this. Like, this is insane, especially for like my generation, you know, the younger generation, they don't know what it was like to not live with electricity or go through the world or two or, you know, all of these things. And so one day I just decided to film, um, some of my, one of my patients and, and his wife and document their story. And I did that for a few years and it was just word of mouth, probably three years, word of mouth, just doing neighbors or like, oh, my grandma has a cool story or this or that, you know. And then about a year ago, um, the editing was just so much. I mean, I do audio, video, interviewing all, all at once, and it's pretty time consuming to edit. So I kind of launched it as a business. So now family members will hire me to document their loved ones' lives. So ah, that's so good. And I'm so glad that you're doing it. Someone needs to because. There's so many stories left untold. And um, I think it's also a tricky, it's a tricky thing to get old, right? Because yeah. you have had, and you have so much experience, but your body slows down and you know, yeah. you, you can do less, but I know like even like my relationship with my grandparents uh, completely shaped who I am, you know, and gave me the confidence that I have. And, you know, they taught me all the things growing up and, um, and there it's a gift, right? It's a gift to have that a part of our lives. So have you felt, how have you felt God a part of this? Like, how have you felt led and guided uh, on this path? Um, I honestly, like, I'm going to get emotional, but I just like God planted this idea in my mind. It was so clear to me that it was his hand and he has been guiding me through every step of the way. And, you know, I've been, I self-taught, it was like self-taught. I literally YouTubed how to become a videographer. And I just feel like he's helped me with every hurdle and led me to the people that I need to learn from and the people that I need to, you know, share. And it's, it's given me the ability to trust him and realize that he, he is working in everyone and he is using all of our talents to bring people together. And it's just strengthened my testimony of him using us to help others. Yeah, exactly. That's what we, I mean, we just listened to conference, right. And president elder Uchtdorf, he was talking about how, you know, the grand adventure, we call it your quest, but yeah. he was talking, <laughs> he was talking about how, like, if like, it's all about the things we're supposed to do on this earth, it's all about serving others. And I, 
it's such a gift that you get to know exactly, you know, exactly who you're supposed to serve and how you're supposed to do it. And how has, how has this changed hearing all these stories and having all the intense history and background that you're getting and very personal, which I think is the best part. Um, how has that changed you as a mother? Oh, this is good. Um, <laughs> I think more than anything, well, I have two things to say. The first thing is that the biggest lesson I've learned from everything is that time is so precious and that we need to cherish every minute that we have with our loved ones and just really hold on to those relationships because at the end of the day and at the end of your life, which I've seen in people, you know, it's not, it's not about your career or like even this project, you know, it, it really is about the people you're here with and the relationships that you have and just to not take that for granted and really, really use your time wisely and cherish it. Um, the other lesson I've learned that I want to apply to motherhood is that I want to teach my kids how to be empathetic and how to listen and that everyone has a story. It's, it's just helped me realize that, um, if we would all sit down and ask someone to tell us their story, I think there would be a lot more love in the world. I think there would be a lot more empathy. I think we'd be able to see people's perspectives and where they're coming from. And I want to teach my kids how to do that. So do you have any tips for that? Like for me, teaching my kids how to be, how to be that, how to be that empathetic. I think just teaching them the process of, you know, being curious and asking questions, you know, um, why do you think that? Or tell me about how you were raised or tell me um, what your thoughts are on this and then teaching them, you know, sometimes we want to, and I do this all the time in conversations with friends. I get so passionate that I like jump in and chime in and cut people off, but teaching them the process of like truly just kind of taking a minute and then just like in your mind, like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to chime in. I'm, I'm going to open my mind and I'm just going to listen. I'm going to hear what this person has to say and then I'll respond and just kind of teaching them, um, that process of what a, a what a good listener is and, and truly listening, like with your heart, not just like, I'm going to hear what they say so I can respond. Like, I'm going to see where this person is coming from and then I'll, um, you know, add my thoughts. Yeah. We need to do that with with everyone, right? Like I'm thinking totally. about, I need to just like look at my eight-year-old in the eyes and just like let him talk because yes. he wants to so oh, bad. Our kids too. Yes. I love that. I love our that. Kids, our kids want it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing dishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk to me, whatever. But yeah. it's a, it's hard. It's hard, I think, as a mom with all of the things we have to do to just simmer mm-hmm. down. <laughs> it is. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so have you done this for your family as well? Like your grandparents or your parents, I guess are not. Yeah. And I honestly say there's no, it's never too early to document. I I did. So when I first started out, I actually just photographed and then um, recorded the microphone and then typed it all up, which took forever. So I did that with my husband's grandma. And actually it's ironic that you asked this because I'm next Monday, I'm going to film her finally, um, his grandmother. But uh, Unfortunately, the rest of my grandparents passed away before I was able to do it. So I've taken on a lot of like surrogate grandparents, but I wasn't necessarily able to do it for my own. Yeah, that's okay. So how, how can we do this? Like, how can we, 
Yeah. And, you I know, can... if I'm in California, come fly down and, <laughs> you know, like, but how do we, what are some tips that you can give us that are, uh, will help us do this for, I mean, yeah, we need to listen, but how can yeah. we document? Cause we, you know, we're into family history, but, and, yeah. but I think we get really caught up in the, like, well, we just need to take names to the temple, which we do, yeah. but like, but part of family history is like knowing your story and knowing where you come from. Yeah, totally. I think, um, I think people get overwhelmed with like, you know, especially if they hear what I do, oh, I need this like professional video. And that's not the case at all. You can literally film on your iPhone. You could go once a week, you know, to your grandparents' house and ask them one question a week. What was your childhood like? What is one of your favorite hobbies? And film it on your phone. And like that is documenting, that is family history. As far as your own story, journaling, posting a picture with you and your kid, posting a picture with your grandparent, talking about the influence that they've had on you. Like that is family history and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be hours of work. It can be five minutes. It can be 30 seconds, you know, like documenting. It just can be so many different forms. So you've had a lot of stories told to you. Do you have any good ones? Do you have any ones that like kind of just blow you away when you're like, Oh my gosh, knowing this changes who I am. Or maybe it just makes you laugh. Maybe that was a lot of pressure. Oh, there's so many. There's so, so many. Um, Yeah, so the very first couple that I interviewed were my patients, and they were just so fun, and his health was poor, but they they would tell me all these stories. Like, they were just so adventurous. They, They flew airplanes together. Like, that was something they connected on, and they told me all about how they built an airplane together. Like, it was literally on their property. They showed it to me. And uh, fly airplanes together. They had an airstrip. And it was just so fun to hear their stories and all the adventures. They traveled all over. And um, I think that's one thing I want to help people realize is that sometimes we're like, oh, they're just old, you know. But these people have lived such amazing, incredible, rich lives. And it's, it's fun to see them as the people that they are and that they still are. Like, they're still those people, you know. They still have that um, vibrance and um, energy for life. And maybe physically they might not be doing as well, but they are that same person. Um, so it was fun to hear from them. One story that it has impacted me and I've shared this before, but, um, it was a woman named Donna and she told me all about her childhood and it was just, uh, she went through so much trauma. Her parents basically abandoned her and she raised her siblings herself and they were poor and they didn't have food. And she told me these stories. And after she kind of finished, I said, so do you have resentment for your parents? Like, are you upset? Um, what was that relationship like? And she was like, no, not at all. Like they were trying the best that they could with what they had. They're the first people I want to see when I die. She had no guile and no resentment. And I was, I felt like I was talking to an angel. Like, and I, every time I'm like, I have any hate in my heart or resentment or anything, I just think of Donna and I'm like, if she can do that, you know, if she can do that, then I can too. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Hearing people's, um, because, you know, we, yeah, I've been talking to people who are, you know, who have young kids and, you know, I have young kids and I think it's, there's a trap in thinking that this is your life. Like this is, <laughs> this right. is how your life is going to be, mm-hmm. um, forever. And I don't mean this in a, like, you're going to miss this kind of way, but I mean, our lives with littles is really short. Like, and there's, and there is more to us and more to the people around us than just this, you know, motherhood raising teeny kids. Like I'm now entering into raising 
almost teen. So he'll be 13 this in November. I know. And I love him. He's the best. And (laughs) you know, like, and I just think speaking to women and mothers who have been there, you know, and who are, who have lived this life and gone through it and have seen that, you know what, like mm, harboring hatred isn't worth it. You know, there's so much, our lives have so much more than to carry all this, these hard things. And so has hearing and learning from these people, like, has that helped you through your hard things? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And if anything, it's helped me realize like the hardships that we have, that is what molds us. Like that is what makes us, you know, makes us the people that we are. And, um, when, when these people vulnerably open up and share these things with me, it, it just helps me realize that the reason we're here and the reason that, you know, one of the reasons why we have hardships is so we can connect with each other and empathize with each other. And it's what brings us together when we open up and share our hard, everyone else can be like, Oh, you know, I have a hard too, you know, and that's, that's how we connect. And I feel like that's how it's, it should be. Well, how do you do that? How do you connect with someone? <laughs> like, cause I, I, you know, I've watched some of your videos and, and you are getting people to open up and share some really personal things. Yeah. And how do you do that? I honestly, it's, it's crazy because um, one of the stereotypes, which is partly true is that this generation is private and they don't feel comfortable, you know, opening up a lot or talking about war or things like that. Um, I don't know what it is, but when I walk in there, I just, I say a prayer before every, every interview. And I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I think I'm just blessed to make them feel comfortable. I do know, I have noticed that like when you open up and share, then, then it's reciprocated and they feel safe. Um, so I think just allowing that room, you know, to be safe. I also kind of tailor my interview. I don't jump into the heart. I don't jump into the question of like, what's the hardest thing you've been through? <laughs> I, I let them feel comfortable. I, I, I start off with, where were you born? That's easy for them to talk about. What, what did you like to do as a kid? That's easy for them to talk about. And I progressively get deeper and deeper into their life so that it's not like jumping like, you know, because if you jump to the hard question, they close up and they don't yeah. feel violated. And if you, if you create like this, this safety and you feel a kind of like relationship and connection with them, then they're more likely to open up and share. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. And that's us with our relationships, right? We want to like, even with, (laughs) I think about like ministering, you know, our ministering sisters and how we like stop by for a second and we think that we're going to be able to have people open up to us. And it's like, no, you have to actually have a relationship. You have to have yes and create that relationship. Yeah. Um, And do you have, have you um, interviewed a lot of members or because are you in Utah, right? You're in Utah. Yeah, yeah. The so majority, are a lot of our members. Yeah, um, the majority of them are. So I've heard um, a lot of testimonies, which has been, it's been really neat, you know, to hear them at the end of their life and through all of the things that they've been through, just the the strength and power um, is in, in believing and in faith and in this gospel is something that has helped strengthen my testimony for sure how are they talking about their relationship with Christ as, you know, as elderly people, do you feel like there's a change there? Like that people are, have a closer relationship than, I I don't know. Like, I think it's a different kind of relationship. I feel like 
in my life. (laughs) God um, speaks to me like when I'm as a mom and super busy right now, you know, and a million things like he knows when to slip it in and how to slip it in. Yeah. And, and I feel like it was different than when I was in college and by myself and just thinking about myself. (laughs) Yeah. And so I wonder if um, like as the older generation, is there a relationship different with Christ? Like, do you feel that like when you're hearing their testimonies and if so, like how? Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of like you said, like they don't have as, as many responsibilities or like distractions, if you will. Um, But I think the biggest thing is that they just, they just know, like they prioritize just kind of like they've said, like relationships are the most important thing. Relationship, your relationship with God is included in that. I think they realize like I'm, I'm nearing the end of my life. And the thing that matters most is my relationship with God and my, you know, my faith and, and my family. So how has like when a lot of your um, people that you interview are Christian or members of the church, do you see a difference in how they approach their trials? Like, cause you, you know, they've been through so much and, and is it different? Like when they can approach it with an an eye of faith and an eye of like eternity. Yeah. I, to be honest, I like, I, honestly the diversity is lacking here so i really (laughs) haven't been able to like i can't objectively say like a difference between people oh yeah yeah but i just mean but yeah yeah. like but is it apparent i guess is a better way to put it yes definitely i mean like if you have hope if you have something carrying you through like of course you know it gives you strength and i've definitely they've definitely verbalized that when they're telling me you know about their hardships and how they've gotten through it. They, they always mentioned the majority of them mentioned, you know, that God helped them through it. So. And is that like the overwhelming truth? Like, is like, are you pulling from them like this, the, like a pattern of they're like, you know what, I had this and it took me a long time, but I came to Christ or, you know, are there patterns that you get to see with their testimonies? Um, I'm trying to think about this question. I definitely, I definitely have seen a pattern just of like, when, when you trust God and when you put your faith in him, you're able to feel peace amidst the storm, if that makes sense. Like there's, there's just a sense of, it just gives you a sense of hope, you know, that there's, there's something I'm, I might learn from this or that this is part of my journey and this is you know, supposed to happen as hard as it is. I've definitely seen that in them, you know, the the hope that it gives. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So have you had any like really like funny experiences or like heard so many, I bet you've heard some good stories. So many. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things was I was working as a home health nurse and I, um, I was, I'm, was hanging out with my friend Donna, you know, I just stayed after to like hang out with her for a minute and her friend Cleo barged in the door and I, you have to meet Cleo. She's just such a character. She's so funny. You feel like you're talking to like a 20 year old. She's just sarcastic and like <laughs> so outgoing and funny. And so Cleo barges in and I'm like, who's this lady? And she is like, I got a cheeseburger for you, Donna. And they sat down and started telling me that they've been friends since they were four years old. And here they are at, you know, 
86. It, I'm, I can't remember how old they were at the time, but they've been friends for nearly 80 years and they still like, they'll have sleepovers and they bring <laughs> food and they visit each other and both of their husbands have passed away. And I was just like, this is the best thing ever. It made me want to like call my friend right then and be like, Hey, when we're 90, like we are hanging, you know? Um, <laughs> but it was just so funny and I still have relationships with them and, um, yeah, they're a hoot together, <laughs> and they tease each other, and they start talking about all their stories from when they're little, you know. And it, it's just, it was so fun to just watch. I, them. I love it. Sleepovers. What? Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> Five. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? I love it. So, Katie, let's talk a little bit more about you and like, and, and because we, your project is so amazing, but it couldn't happen without you. And, um, what kind of preparation do you go through, uh, like preparing to tell these stories? Cause it's, it seems like not a, not a heavy burden, but you know, it's, you know, you're being asked to do a lot. Like, so how do you prepare for that? Um, are you talking more like logistically or like, um, like mentally and mentally, okay, mentally. Yeah. Something that I've learned, I'm like a go, go, go person. I'm like, let's get it done. Let's keep it going. Um, but a few years ago, well, let's see, two years ago, probably I got hit with postpartum depression. Like it was, it was a rough time. And I've, I've been on, you know, the ups and downs through that. I finally feel stable after over two years. Um, but something I learned from that, and I was, I mean, at that time I was forced to slow down, right? Like I couldn't physically, I could not physically do my project and I kind of had to take a, a minute to breathe, but it taught me a lesson that we don't have to go 100% all the time. In fact, if we do that, we're going to get burned out and that it's okay to ride the waves. Sometimes I feel super motivated. I'm like, I'm going to change the freaking world. You know? <laughs> But then other times I'm like, I can't do it today. Like I, I need to focus on my family. I need to like take a shower. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to let it ebb and flow and like listen to the spirit and what the spirit's telling you. Like sometimes you need to um, stay home and just be with your kids. And other times, you know, this person, someone needs to hear this story and I'll get a burst of motivation. Like I need to get out. I need to, you know. And so I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just to ride the waves. Mm, that's, it's, that's good. I think, <laughs> I think I need to learn that because as, as moms and like people who are trying to do other things behind, besides motherhood, whether that is like a podcast or a business or mm -hmm. volunteering, like, I think it can feel, I think we can beat ourselves up oh. that like when we feel like we're not giving it our all but then you're like, I don't have it all to give. <laughs> right. Right. And there's a time and a season. Like, I mean, I don't think it, I, I don't think you shouldn't do what you feel called to do, but I think it's good to keep the perspective, you know, that like my kids will get older one day and one day I'll have all the time in the world to do whatever, you know, have more time to do what I'm passionate about and focus on. But, um, if anything, learning from these people about, you know, being there for your children and just like cherishing those relationships, it's it's helped me realize like, it's kind of ironic that I'm like putting a lot of time into this. And yet these people are teaching me, you know, to, to be slow down and, and cherish my time and relationships. So, um, yeah, I think it's just finding a balance, which I don't really like that word. Um, but you know what I mean? Just, just finding the balance for you, whatever that means. Right. Not a balancing act, but like right. just 
figuring out how it all fits for you. And like you said, sometimes it's going to be heavy towards the stay at home, you know, yeah, and sometimes yeah. it's like, Oh, I, you know, I have a little bit extra time. I can do more interviews or whatever. Yes. And, and to be really just okay with it and just okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> Exactly. So with your postpartum, um, with dealing with the ebbs and flows, were there some things that helped you when it was like in the downtime that you felt like really helped you get through those? Cause sometimes, and that's what I'm realizing that really like, sometimes it's just going through stuff. Like it's not getting over it. It's not like hopping over it. Right. <laughs> so you don't, but you like actually just have to go through some things. And do you have any like advice about those times when you, it's just hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like the darkest time of my life. And I think I just, I truly believe like, I know that this doesn't sit well with everyone because there are some really hard trials out there, but I really believe that we're given the trials that we need to learn from. And from that time, I just, I learned how to empathize. I learned like what mental, that mental illness is real and that I can, that it's okay to get help and that I could be an advocate and a voice for these people. And, um, and I think like I needed to go through that, not get over it, go through it, the thick of it, the darkness to be able to empathize. And one of the biggest things that that is the biggest thing that I need to have in order for this project to, to, grow and to you know thrive is empathy and and learning and I just think the more life experience we have and the more trials we go through it just it kind of softens us and it helps us be receptive and open and I think I I think I needed that yeah and I and like I've been thinking about what like with what you just said and with what you said at the beginning about the perspective of the people you get to interview is they've been through a lot of these and are going still, you know, through these trials. And that's what makes them so colorful and, and empathetic and loving is that they've been through it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, but it's hard when you're in the middle of it by darn. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's kind of freaky, like, okay, I'm in the, the, the beginning part of my life. What's going to happen? <laughs> them at the end, I'm like, oh boy, what's in store for me? But, just knowing, you know, that you can have that hope and trust and, and God and trust that you can learn from it and help other people. Like that's, that's what life is about, right? Yeah, it totally is. So um, my last question I usually ask people is, and you know, we've touched on it before, but how have you seen or come to know God more through this quest? I just haven't, I've just realized that like, kind of like I mentioned earlier, he's behind all this and that we, we're all here as brothers and sisters and he's using us again, just to bring us together and to, um, you know, grow closer. And that's what he wants for us. He wants us to love and, um, care for each other. And he's, he's so much bigger than I think we can even fathom. He's so much bigger than religion, than, than, you know, our, our own, I don't know quite how to say it, but I just think he is in everything. I think he's in everything and in everyone. Yeah. 
And if we can learn to see it, then, then we see, you know, we can see more of, of God is when we like open our eyes to the beauty of others and the beauty of other people's experiences and, and differences and, um, and trials and, and, and their testimonies or, you know, even the hard things they've been through that it changes us when we realize that God is, is with them too. Yes, absolutely. And just, just to listen, you know, like, I mean, the whole point of my project, just, just listening to other people and taking the walls down and um, just, just hearing and learning from each other and, and loving. Oh, so good. Katie, thank you so much for being with me. Um, I'm going to listen today. I'm going to look every one of my kids in the eye. I'm going <laughs> li- to listen. I'm just going to hear about, I'm going to hear about uh, recess and I'm going to hear about all the weird things they're doing. So fun. But um, anyway, thank you so much. I know my, I know the audience is going to love it, but I have loved being here and talking with you and learning and I'm going to go, I'm going to start listening better. Thank you so much. And I'm by no means perfect, still always learning, but I (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Yep. All right, you guys, thanks so much for joining us. We will catch you next week. Hey, you guys, that was a great episode, right? Well, do you want a little bit more or a lot more? Well, we have it for you. Head over to thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus, and you're going to find two bonus episodes that you can download that can literally get your soul on fire right now. So Sarah and I get asked to speak at places a lot, and we have two most requested topics, and we are tackling them and giving them right to your inbox. So Sarah's topic is Satan is at the Y, not at BYU, my friends. It is at the Y, and she dives in uh, and tells you how to get over the questions. Then you can pop over and listen to Michelle talk about like the things she's most fabulous at talking about, and that is God is speaking. Do you hear him? If you feel like revelation is sort of a tripping point for you, she has got some incredible ways that you can better hear the Lord in your everyday life. So these are bonus episodes. You can jump on right now at thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Download them right now, and there is more for you to enjoy. Thanks so much for joining us at the Women With Fire podcast.